0: Welcome to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with your hosts, Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a life with respect, dignity, and fulfillment. But as we transition into elderhood, this doesn't always happen. Join us today as we discuss some of the most important issues that seniors face and provide much needed answers to your questions. Now, here are Phyllis and Rubina.
1: Hi, welcome to Voices for Care Advocacy. Phyllis Amon here, along with Rubina Chaudhry, my co-host. How are you doing, Rubina?
2: I'm great, Phyllis. Good to be talking with you. Likewise. And uh, so, new, new decade, new year, new you.
1: <laughs> Do <laughs> Don't us, quite feel it? it yet. Don't quite <laughs> feel it yet. <laughs> Not yet, but we're only a few days in. But I'm um, sure everybody is thinking about how they're going to approach this year and the decade and what changes they could make to improve their lives and their well-being. And so we wanted to, um, you know, talk about that these first couple of shows. And um, so today we have, and I hope I pronounce her name properly, Saida Zeneb Husseini. Did I say it correctly? Perfect. Ah, great. So um, we're so glad to have you here. Um, Can I call you Zanab? Okay, great. So Zanab is a uh, registered dietitian and um, she holds multiple hats, uh, works as a registered dietitian at St. Jude Medical Center in Fullerton, California, And as a consultant dietitian with Alzheimer's Family Center, which is an adult day center for dementia patients in Huntington Beach, California. And um, for the past two years, since you've discovered your passion for working with seniors, you joined Olive Community Services as the senior program coordinator. Correct? That's right. And so you're or, you're helping to organize fun and le- engaging weekly activities for your olivers as they call themselves and as you call them. And when I was out there and saw the video that was made in, and hearing people refer to themselves as olivers with such passion and joy, it was really very touching. So the uh, the program, you know, your program promotes wellness and social interaction and learning. So, um, you know, we're so thrilled to have you here to talk about changes people can make in their their daily eating habits. I won't say diets because, as we know, the first three words of the word diet are die. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And sometimes it feels like that when you have to make these changes, right? Mm -hmm.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, what do people say about that when you start talking to them about their food changes and choices they have to make? Do they kind of roll their eyes and sigh and go, oh?
3: (laughs) Well, it it is interesting because, uh, you know, we are all, at the end of the day, creatures of habit, and especially when you're asking somebody who is uh, an older adult who's lived a majority of their adult life, you know, um, having certain habits related to food and lifestyle choices. It's sometimes challenging to make changes, um, and I I see that and understand where they're coming from. A lot of them uh, have been raised on farms. Some of them, uh, you know, used to very wholesome, natural, organic nutrition. So the changing American diet has definitely made it more challenging for them to incorporate more changes because there's so many advancements, there's so many claims, there's so many supplements, there's so many types of, you know, advice out there, thanks to the Internet um, and experts. Everyone's a nutrition expert, uh, one way or the other. Um, So it is definitely too much information out there, and it can be confusing and challenging, I think. Uh, I think...
1: I just wanted to so just simple. make a
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I just wanted to make a comment. I know Rubina, you wanted to jump in with a with a question, but I think also people who have come here from other countries uh, live a different mm-hmm. lifestyle. They're more active. Um, mm-hmm. th- they walk more. They're outdoors more. I mean, depending on where they're from, but even in, in colder climates, they tend to be more active, and so therefore, the the food choices or the diet, uh, the food that was available to them, um, didn't create as much of a problem for their health and well-being as it does here when you're more sedentary. Would you agree with that?
3: Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, and just even the the types of foods that are, that are consumed in different parts of the world, um, portion sizes are very different, uh, how processed the food is, how Um, whole, uh, like, you know, they're eating more wholesome foods, uh, what kind of food processes uh, are involved in terms of the types of cooking. Um, Right. All those factors are very important, definitely, and how they are in terms of their mental health, right? Stress is a huge factor uh, that can really, you know, change how you eat. Hmm.
2: You were going to jump in with something, Rubina, right? Yes, yes, I
3: am. And
2: uh, welcome, Zainab. And you, mm-hmm. you too have jumped right into the, the seriousness of the, of the conversation. But I'd like to take us back a little bit, uh, Zainab, and welcome you okay. and ask you a question. Why did you choose this mm-hmm. field to be a dietitian?
3: Well, I was definitely very interested in science growing up, uh, but food and nutrition seemed something that was so practical in nature that I could apply in my own personal life and uh, also clinically as a job and also have avenues of working with the community. So I thought it was something that could, um, in all uh, senses, was such a balance. You know, like, you know, balance in eating, it was a very balanced profession. And I did feel a lot of passion uh, because I grew up with some great, good food at home always. Um, maybe not the healthiest growing up, but at the same time, I did value good nutrition. And, you know, uh, culturally also, we are always asked to focus on ma- moderation and variety. So I think those factors all together made me want to become a dietitian, and I got a little bit of everything and it was perfect for myself yeah
2: hmm that's excellent and I have uh, another uh, I guess uh, an anecdot- anecdote to share mm-hmm. um, I know that uh, your husband is a pharmacist mm-hmm. and you refer to your family as food and drug administration
3: Yes, You recall, that's right. that's you recall right.
2: that? What are your thoughts there? Share that.
3: Uh, yeah. That well, with us, please. well, I think if we were to refer to Hippocrates' saying, uh, I think food definitely wins because he said, you know, let food be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. So in our household, I think definitely food uh, gets a higher rating compared to uh, medicine. Uh, Or, you know, pharmacy. Uh, But uh, it's an interesting way where we call our relationship about nutrient drug interactions, I guess, uh, because um, we're constantly talking about what is more powerful. And I think nutrition definitely has the winning touch.
1: You know, it's interesting when you're talking about that because, and I think we only have about uh, four minutes to our break. But um, I was talking with somebody today about uh, some procedure I want to have done, something very minor. Um, it's a minor cosmetic thing. And um, the person said to me, well, if you're going to choose to do this, it's it's really very minor. And she said, um, you shouldn't drink alcohol or coffee for at least 24 hours beforehand because that can... Um, you know, incite bleeding, more bleeding. And I don't think people are aware of the foods that you eat and how they impact inflammation in your body, Um, you know, variety. We know about salt and high blood pressure and sugar and diabetes, but there's so much more to it, correct?
3: Definitely, definitely. And with aging, certain foods become more important because just how the – your body absorbs them and how easily, you know, because there is so much research and studies out there, certain vitamins and minerals um, and other nutrients are, you know, falling behind in the typical American diet and especially when it comes to elder care, depending on what their living situation is and, you know, accessibility to food and uh, all those factors have contributed to certain foods uh, lagging in uh, important nutrients as we age. So we definitely have to pick up where we need to um, and, you know, really make up for any kind of um, deficiencies we might have and be an advocate for it. When we especially talk to our doctor, like, what do we need? My blood tests sometimes are probably a great way to find out if you're deficient in certain aspects, so... Uh, definitely uh, taking charge of your own lifestyle and nutrition habits is very key as we age because aging is a natural process and, you know, we want to uh, definitely delay certain things that do happen with aging because physiologically, our body is completely uh, changing uh, how functions work, how cells work.
1: Hmm. So, maybe we could talk about some of those supplements and uh, in the next segment, because you and I had an interesting conversation about vitamin D, but there are other other uh, supplements mm-hmm. that we could talk about. And then, in the last two minutes, just quickly, um before we go to break, do you see any differences between working at the medical center and then working with Alzheimer's patients? And i, I you know, I know there's a whole, other area that we could talk about in terms of food for brain health, but just very briefly, how would you describe the discrepancy Mm -hmm. between the two?
3: Mm -hmm. Well, that's a very good question. In a hospital setting, I'm dealing with people who are, uh, you know, having some kind of an acute issue, right? They're, They're feeling ill for whatever reason, they have some kind of, chronic um, illness uh, that is making it difficult for them to feel healthier. They have surgery, whatever. You know, they have some immediate needs uh, in terms of nutrition. In an Alzheimer's facility, especially the daycare I work, I'm working with people who who have a chronic, um, you know, degenerative disease and what we are trying to do is making sure that their weight is in check, their intakes are in check, and they're eating properly. So we're trying to, um, you know, create a balance because we know what it entails when you have memory loss. But we're trying to make sure that we are catching up on any kind of um, things that uh, are being ignored, at at least as far as nutrition is concerned.
1: Okay, so that should... yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not to, not to cut you off, but that should take us to our break. So, in a few okay. uh, moments, uh, we'll be going to break. And when we return, we'll continue the conversation with Zenab on nutrition and the new year, new you, new decade, all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. Welcome back. When we come back, we'll welcome you back to the conversation. Uh, this is uh, Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry on Voices for Elder Care Advocacy on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
2: Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: Phyllis Amen, the voice for elder care advocacy, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones in short-term rehab, long-term care or memory care her unique knowledge comes from working in over 40 skilled nursing facilities phyllis's passion for quality care and quality of life for our loved ones sets her apart she encourages families to plan by choice not by crisis visit PhyllisElderCare.info for a consultation phyllis is also a speaker for both the public and private sector on various issues related to caregiving communication empathy and aging Rabina Chaudhry is president and founder of Mars Services, an engineering management consulting firm as well as founder and president of all of community services of 501c3, which provides culturally appropriate supportive services to seniors, their families, and the community. Ravina's passion for the elder population stems from her experience as an only child living over 1,000 miles away from her aging parents, who are now 91 years of age. She understands the delicate issues and decisions caregivers face. Visit olivecs.org to get further information about Olive's programs and services. Have you become a member yet? It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email your hosts from the Voices for Elder Care Advocacy show page on Voice America. Now, back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy.
2: Welcome back to our conversation on New Year, New Decade, and New You. And Zainab, again, thank you. What would you like to share with our audience uh, the most in the next uh, few minutes that we have?
3: Well, I would like to share that there are certain foods that um, are definitely... Uh, Very beneficial as we age um, that can help with a lot of, uh, you know, impending uh, physiological changes the body is experiencing. Uh, Certain vitamins and minerals are definitely very important to focus on, uh, namely calcium, uh, vitamin D, potassium, uh, fiber, vitamin B12, folic acid, omega-3 fats, protein, and, of course, water. Um, And I can talk more about any of these if you guys would be interested. Uh,
1: Well, actually, I'm very interested in the conversation you and I had about vitamin D. I don't know if the listeners are aware of some of the information you told me. Would you want to share some of that? I thought it was very interesting.
3: Uh, Of course. Uh, So vitamin D is a vitamin that is obviously important for our bone health. I mean, a lot of times you will hear vitamin D helps to absorb calcium and that's why we have vitamin D added to our milk. Um, And it's also important to prevent osteoporosis. But uh, something that is important is um, the fact that we know that vitamin D is available to our body when we are out in the sun because our body can make vitamin D but we need UV radiation to make that and when we're talking about aging adults, uh, you know, we don't go as out, as much outdoors as we would like and certain cultures as we were talking earlier um, you know, depending on the, the color of your skin or how covered you are uh, can also these are all factors that can affect uh you know your u v exposure when it comes to um, having more vitamin D and then with uh, seniors, those who are living in uh daycare facilities or skilled nursing facilities again you know are they getting enough time outdoors so all these factors can definitely put us at risk for vitamin D deficiency and uh that's why supplementation could be needed in most cases. And to know if you're deficient, a simple blood test can be ordered by your doctor. And um, that could indicate uh, if you are deficient and if you need supplementation.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. And I did think of uh, people living in skilled nursing facilities or assisted living facilities or even people at home who don't get outside very exactly. much. Exactly and have limited mobility, and, um, you know, are are there people really looking at their uh, vitamin D levels? And as you say, you need vitamin D to absorb calcium, and as we get older, our bones get weaker anyway, so it's even more important.
3: Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, especially with the risk of falls, yes.
2: Mm-hmm. I think there is also other things that you shouldn't take vitamin D when you're taking multiple vitamins or something. You should take it with the calcium citrate. Is that true also?
3: That is, it, it kind of depends, again, what you uh-huh. are taking. So if, if if your doctor feels that you need a multivitamin, uh, that would be a good situation where you would ask, do I need another one for vitamin D and calcium? Because sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, there are certain multivitamins that include everything. Um, okay. And then if you need extra supplementation, it would be a good question to ask because there is definitely interactions that we want to be careful about.
1: Mm-hmm. What about uh, what about foods and um, and certain, I don't want to use the word diets, but, but they are diets. What about certain foods where, um, are there foods that interact with vitamins that are, that, or that you have to be careful of certain foods interacting with certain vitamins? Certainly we all know about, you know, green leafy vegetables and vitamin C and all of that. But um, is there anything else that most people you think aren't aware of when it comes to that?
3: So, I mean, there's, Definitely some things about, like, in terms of calcium, for example, if you are having a calcium-rich food, um, like milk, for example, for breakfast, uh, it is not advised to take a calcium supplement at the same meal because there's competing factors. Um, mm. The calcium from the supplement will compete with the calcium from the milk. So certain mm. aspects like that would be careful. And uh, anytime you're taking supplements, um, I would definitely be very careful because there are so many out there and they're not always FDA-regulated. So being a very uh, informed consumer is important because at the end of the day, these are drug companies that are creating these supplements. Hmm. Um, so th- there are certain resources out there that definitely you can uh, look up uh, where there are databases that can tell you what... Research tells uh, is out there. Uh, for Can you
1: tell us what they some systems. of them are? Do you, do you know some of them that you could tell our listeners about? Can you think of any yeah. off the top of your head? I, I don't shouldn't really <laughs> just ask you like that, but just yeah, you know, no, no, came no. to mind. So
3: there's there is one website that is called uh, NaturalMedicinesTherapeuticResearch dot com. Uh, And it's a little database, and you can Google whatever supplement uh, you are interested to know about. And there is another one from the National Institute of... uh, It's called, sorry, the National Center of Complementary and Integrative Health uh, Mm -hmm. that can also be a resource to look into. Um, There is also USP uh, trademarks uh, that... uh, are basically trying to tell you um, if the supplement has uh, the quality, the purity, and the potency of the supplement. The U.S.P. label will be also uh, present on certain brands and certain supplements.
1: What's the difference between... um Like, for instance, I shop at a lot of um, natural food stores. Would you say when they say it's all natural that that's really a, a true statement? And is it more beneficial to have those rather than those that are, I don't want to say manufactured, but I guess they would be manufactured, correct?
3: Mm -hmm. So when you say natural, are you talking about a certain type of supplement or are you talking about the food itself, like a whole food?
1: Certain kind of supplement.
3: Mm. So any times, um, like I said, these supplements are not regulated by the FDA and they can claim things, but if they are research-backed or not, not necessarily. A lot of times there's research out that is, Funded by these companies, uh, mm. that you can, you may not be aware of, but they are trying to get the results uh, that they want to sell mm. their product at the end of the day. So my mm-hmm. advice to everyone is always go for the whole food itself, because uh, you know it it's nature's given fruit or vegetable, and it doesn't even need a nutrition label to tell you what, how much goodness there is in. And fruits and vegetables can give you a variety of all these vitamins and minerals that I mentioned. Uh, if you are able to just incorporate different varieties, you have a higher chance of getting the benefits of all these vitamins and minerals.
2: And, and then that's what I would like to talk about for the next couple of minutes. And I want to thank you for the, this natural and goodness and good food Sense that you bring to Olive programs and to Oliver's, and you have also okay. shared some of the recipes with us. And the one that comes to mm. my mind right now is uh, remember the oatmeal you did, the, yes, that's right, you know, and then where you do had these uh, mason jars that you could put in just briefly describe to the listeners what that how easy and how wholesome and how good breakfast that is
3: yes so another great way to incorporate different types of um, uh, nutrients is by combining them and making a recipe that is delicious and um, easy to make because I know uh, a lot of elderly have you know limited time and resource to prep foods. And the earlier you can prep something, the easier and faster it is. So one thing that I had introduced to my Olivers was overnight oats. And it is something that has gotten very popular with the current generation. And I think we can definitely benefit. So uh, for example, we had um, mixed in steel cut oats uh, or you could use rolled-over oats uh, also uh, and mix them with, you know, flaxseed uh, and meal and some uh, almonds and a little bit of honey and any kind of berries. Um, mix it all up uh, and with almond milk or any other kind of uh, similar milk um, and put them in jars. And the next morning, these are ready to go. A lot of people we were surprised to see that you didn't have to cook the steel-cut oats, which usually you do uh, because they are more gritty in texture. And it was delicious. The next morning, we uh, topped them with a little bit of bananas and slivered almonds, got in that grain food there, and ready to go. So easy breakfast with a lot of fiber, and th- you can modify it any way you want with your own specific favorite. Um, in terms of, like, you can add chia seeds if you want or raisins, a little bit of raisins to add a little sweetness um, in a natural way. And it was a great way to uh, do that. Same thing with smoothies. I don't know if you remember, Rubina, we made smoothies yes, I in our mm-hmm. class with, uh, where we added dates and oats also to make it a more fuller feeling because I think fiber is another important uh, component that we do tend to overlook um, with elderly that is an important uh, nutrient um, that we need to increase and take care of. So combining and being uh, strategic with uh, different fruits and vegetables also, you can do soups and sandwiches and smoothies. All these are great options.
2: Great. Thank you. Thank All you
1: right. I'll just uh, tell you that I usually start the day with this smoothie. Tell me if this is um That's if great. I'm doing something uh right, <laughs> if it's beneficial. Okay. I put a small banana, blueberries and some spinach, almond milk and some
3: That's
2: protein great. powder.
3: Okay, that sounds great. So the berries, did you mention berries, right? Blueberries. Uh-huh. Yes, uh, so berries are very helpful, uh, also great mind boosters I would call them because of the antioxidants and banana can be a good way to naturally you know, sweeten um, your smoothie and then spinach you can also replace maybe with kale which is another great uh, uh, green leafy vegetable um, that you can add to your smoothie and then the protein powder or the almond butter are both sources that you can add for your protein. Um, And do you add any kind of uh, yogurt or milk or water? Almond milk. As a liquid, almond milk. Okay, yeah. So if you want to go lower calorie, that would be a good option, but sometimes elderly are, because of the changes in your metabolism, there are some who find it very difficult to gain weight uh, and maintain their weight. So in that case, is going you could consider whole milk um, or Greek yogurt um, and similar choices like that where you can add in some calories because there are some people out there who find it really difficult to gain weight.
1: I'm not one of them.
3: And, <laughs> and yes, Zenim, I'm not one of them. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Zenim, in the last couple of minutes, I'd like you mm-hmm. to give us your understanding and opinion on uh, buying organic food versus the, the regular food.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, organic foods, if you can purchase them and affordability, I think is the biggest factor. If you can purchase them, that would be great. But we have to understand, take a step back and understand that, you know, organics can sometimes be Also, a marketing approach uh, on behalf of companies. So, if you could go to your local farmers market, that is the most organic food that you can find. I think uh, where you Mm. can really take advantage of your local uh, grown. They'll be probably the most freshest choices out there in terms of fruits and vegetables. You will also get your hands on other um, local, uh, you know, local homemade. Uh, You know, there's people selling nuts, there's people, and they're all coming from local farmers markets. I think that's a great way to incorporate the real organic food that I would like my patients or my clients to have. Uh, Of
1: course, that's easier in warmer climates. This time of year, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm in the the Northeast. (laughs) Uh, It's a little more difficult, Mm -hmm. more challenging. We only have about one minute left. Um, is there just one thing you want to share maybe about, without going into it in too much detail, I know there's a MIND diet and a DASH diet, just very, very briefly, is there something you could tell our listeners about getting information about those?
3: Well, there is memory boosters, uh, which is vegetables, sweets, uh, go sweeting uh, sweet on berries and cherries, omega threes and walnuts. If you can incorporate mm. these, you should be ready to boost your memory. Um, and I think that's a good short advice I can give <laughs> in a minute.
2: <laughs> well, Zenab, thank you very much. How can uh, how can our listeners get in touch with you and get more information if they need to?
3: Well, I'm available on Olive Community Services. If you email me with my first name, Zainab, Z-A-I-N-A-B, at olivecs.org, I would be happy to answer some of your questions.
2: Thank you very much. And uh, Olive and all the Olivers are very uh, fortunate and grateful to have you as our Senior Programs Coordinator. And we're now Mm -hmm. going to... Say thank you and take a break. And Phyllis and I will be back to, to talk about our food habits and, and how we can improve uh, our personal habits for the new year and new us and the new decade. Again, this is Rubina Chandri and Phyllis Amen on Voice America Empowerment Channel, Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: Phyllis Amen, the voice for elder care advocacy provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones in short-term rehab, long-term care or memory care her unique knowledge comes from working in over 40 skilled nursing facilities phyllis's passion for quality care and quality of life for our loved ones sets her apart she encourages families to plan by choice not by crisis visit PhyllisElderCare.info for a consultation phyllis is also a speaker for both the public and private sector on various issues related to caregiving communication empathy and aging Rabina Chantry is president and founder of Mars Services, an engineering management consulting firm, as well as founder and president of Olive of Community Services, a 501c3, which provides culturally appropriate supportive services to seniors, their families, and the community. Rabina's passion for the elder population stems from her experience as an only child living over 1,000 miles away from her aging parents, who are now 91 years of age. She understands the delicate issues and decisions. Caregivers face. Visit olivecs.org to get further information about Olive's programs and services. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with Phyllis Amen and Rubina Chaudhry. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email your hosts from the Voices for Elder Care Advocacy Show page on Voice America. Now back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy.
2: Welcome back. This is Rubina Chaudhry with Phyllis Amon. We we're talking about New Year, New You, New Decade, with our focus on nutrition. And I think Phyllis, let's uh, let's talk about you and I. How are how is the New Year starting for for you?
1: Well, um, gee. <laughs> Well, I had gotten into a very bad habit of eating sweets in the evening, Mm -hmm. specifically chocolate. Okay. And, um, you know, when I talked about, I think it was last week, I talked about the fact that, you know, I have diabetes in my family and I have to be careful about that. And I had felt that the last couple of months when I hadn't been so active working out so much, I was very busy at work, that I kind of slacked off, um, with with activity as well as food choices, so I've made a conscious decision, and I started last night. I started doing some exercises in, at home, and then tonight after we um, finish the show, I'm going to go to the gym. And I decided that um, to eliminate the chocolate in the evening, but I allowed myself yesterday to have a small piece of dark chocolate in the middle of the afternoon, <laughs> so that I don't feel completely deprived. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's so so true that's so so true and um for me um the year from the work side is uh, is very exciting and uh, you know starting out very positively and and uh, what i'm finding is that my husband is very focused and very good on his diet and the nutrition and the diet choices and uh, I asked him to share his research with me. So he is, and I'm beginning to implement some of the some of his lessons learned. So what uh, are they? Can uh, we well, elaborate? Uh, yes, yes, definitely. I am taking oatmeal with uh, some dry cranberries and walnuts and a little bit of almonds, and I'm not putting milk in it and and a banana, and a half a banana. And that, for me, has been a very nice breakfast for the last week. And wait, I had, so the, uh, the, wait, I have a question. The oats are dry? No, no, oh. no. Oh, no, I have the steel-cut oats. Oh. And I've been perfecting the recipe, by the way. Oh, I'll okay. Maybe our, you'll share it our with list, me. You know, okay. maybe our listener, you know, they said you do this much and this heat and that. So f- one day, I put one-third cup of oats and one cup of water And it frothed all over in my microwave. I had to clean it up. The second time I did it in another way. So, you know, we've been perfecting. So today I did it in a large measuring cup and I put a plate on top of it Mm -hmm. and it worked out beautifully. It didn't froth over. So that was one good thing. No, this is fresh cooked steel oats. Um, and uh, they're they're delicious, but I'm not putting a sweetener in and I'm not putting milk in. And the milk, as I mentioned last time, is I'm trying to eliminate dairy to see if it, uh, it may be one of the causes of some of the congestion that I've been having in my sinuses. Cool. Um, uh, what, so about, that,
1: what about almond milk or soy milk? Have you thought
2: about trying any of those? I do use, we have almond milk and oat milk. Right now mm-hmm. in the house, but I found that I love almonds, but I wasn't crazy about almond milk. And I think mm. I'm going to get the plain. In, I have vanilla almond milk, but I'm mm. going to get plain almond milk and try that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, yeah, yes, and uh, uh, I, I will try that. But it's it's really nice even without milk. Mm. Uh, even without milk. So and you're adding the oats and then
1: you're adding banana and some walnuts and some and cranberries or something like that. Yeah,
2: or blueberries if I have it and then some almonds and it just makes a nice half bowl. My breakfast is not very big. Right. My lunch is a bigger meal right? Uh, uh, for me. And that takes me till about 11, And I have lunch between 1130 and noon. And the other thing that uh, the that I've changed, and say so has my husband. We used to have omelet, you know, uh, vegetable omelet, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think I served you too when yes, you Yes, it was delicious. Uh, so now we're having our egg, our pro egg protein at lunch. I'm still making his omelet and he's taking it with him and putting some all, you know, whether whether it's lentils or other food on top of it. And he's taking right. his lunch with him. And I'm making some kind of a, you know, egg, scrambled egg or something mm-hmm. and having it at, uh, at home. I have not eliminated my chocolate-covered almonds, but I have reduced my okay. chocolate-covered almonds. And uh, and that's what I would suggest to you, Phyllis, Is you don't have to completely eliminate it. You know, just reduce it even right. to half, third, or a quarter. Right, which is what I did. I changed
1: it from having it at night, you know, uh-huh. to, to having a small piece uh, in the afternoon. This what? week, I have a lighter schedule, so... Uh-huh. Um, You know, my eating is going to be a little different. But another thing that I've gone back to, which Mm is, um, it's kind of a a version of the intermittent fasting concept. So I really don't eat until about 11 or 1130. And then I have a big meal, you know, my biggest meal, I should say, more like a dinner meal at 4 or 4.30, and then have something light in the evening. And I'm seeing a difference in my body already, and I've only been doing it a few days.
2: That's, That's great. For me, the evening meal is the biggest challenge. Mm. You know, I feel hungry, so I eat something, then my husband comes home late, and then I keep him company, and as much as I don't want to, I I end up eating something. Right. Uh, So, that's the part that that I still am working on, and uh, uh, working on and improving. Well, I think that uh, what
1: Zanab said is is really true. Um, We do these things by habit. Yes, um, And sometimes where eating is concerned, and we talked about mindfulness last week on the show with Sophia, but we, we tend to do them mindlessly as well. So before yes. we know it, um, we've consumed whatever that thing is, and then we say, oh, what did I eat that for? I shouldn't have eaten that. And and it is by habit. People, we all know that when you're bored, sometimes you look for something to eat. Um,
2: mm-hmm. Uh, something to do yeah, that's true and the other thing that I see my husband doing and I've tried doing before and we all know it and uh, you know he has the discipline um, and i all over the place using the small plate to serve the dinner oh, right great using idea a, using a smaller plate instead of a larger plate so it looks full even with uh, with lesser amount of what a uh, great idea hmm. yeah it's not a new idea, but he's using it. Right.
1: right. (laughs) And so many of us don't. So many of us don't. And it is what happens. How many times you go to a restaurant, usually more in an upscale restaurant. I hear this all the time. People say, oh, I went to this restaurant and it cost me $200. There was hardly anything on the plate. And what I have always said through the years is that's because nutritionally, that's really what you're supposed to be eating. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we get... um, you know, we get used to, especially in this country, it's about having more, having a larger amount, having it bigger, and so uh, that's that's definitely a a mental shift that you
2: have to have. You you bring up very very interesting po- point, and that is portion control. Right. I think most of us are, you know, eating relatively reasonable foods. Those of who us who are aware of of what we're eating but it's uh, we fall back on portion sizes that's where I fall back sometimes when I'm hungry I will you know take that extra handful of nuts even though it's good food it's nuts but it's still more than what I uh, what I needed right and uh, nuts have
1: fat I definitely. mean uh, they definitely have fat so Like you said, like you just said, even though it's a healthy food item, it depends how much of it you eat. Definitely. This is where uh, people listening who have questions should get in touch with somebody who's a dietitian or nutritional counselor uh, to get information that's appropriate, personalized for them, their body, (laughs) the conditions they have.
2: Well, I, I have a message here that I should share right now. And it's from Sophia, who was our guest last week. She's saying, I'm listening to the radio show. You need to add protein your, your, to your breakfast. <laughs> uh, yes, yes my, ma'am. Either I will add uh, plain almond milk or I will add uh, protein pow- powder starting tomorrow morning. Because I well, do have an organic protein powder in the house. Thank you. See, uh, I appreciate um, that very much, Sophia. And thank you for listening to the show. Oh, absolutely. Now, where,
1: does she? Oh, so I'm already adding protein powder, powder to so my So you're good. Smoothie, you know, she,
2: so I'm, I'm good. <laughs> she's commenting on my breakfast with uh, the with oatmeal, and now she's giving me thumbs up. Thank you. This is real time, con- real time advising and real time consulting. And,
1: and uh, listeners should think about that. I have started on occasion, uh, I don't do it all the time. But I have gotten used to, let's say, um, if I'm having eggs uh, in the morning, especially on the weekend, to add greens um, to my, uh, if I don't add it to the omelet, to have it on the side, some kind of greens, so that you start the day, uh, not only with protein, but with important vegetables. Um, I had heard a while back. that you should eat a half a cup of every colored fruit or vegetable twice a day? Something. It's something
2: like that. That's a question for uh, Sophia and, uh, and Zainab, and we will uh, we will talk with them and uh, and share. Uh, I do shared. think
1: about that, though. Uh, yeah. Even when
2: I'm making my own meals, I say, well, this is green. I should
1: have something yellow or red with this or too many green things here because every vegetable uh-huh. or fruit, it's a different color brings in a
2: different nutrient. Exactly. You know, that is very true. That is very, very, very true. You know, you said that you have smoothie in the morning, and uh, many people have smoothies. But uh, I, I even uh, heard from one of my consultants that you should have one blended meal a day because it's easier to digest for your for your system. Hmm. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, but I'm, I like to chew my food i I find that I can do smoothies for a day or two, but I really prefer to eat my food versus mm. drink my food. Mm. Uh, that's just me. maybe maybe a good healthy smoothie at night will make me think of a milkshake or something, you know? M- maybe <laughs> uh, you know, I, I need to work on my evening meal. and um and Sophia will be talking soon. Uh, we'll interestingly talking. enough, um,
1: it's interesting what you just said because when we talk about um, Alzheimer's, a cognitive decline, and we, we, I'm sure we'll have another show about this where we could talk about it, which is how our tastes change uh-huh. as we age and as we have different conditions, and as people have cognitive decline, they also kind of regress. I'll say to uh-huh. the first tastes that we enjoyed which is sweeter foods Mm -hmm. and um so, uh, it's interesting that you said that, that about drinking, because sometimes as people decline, they need to, they can only remember how to drink. So, <laughs> so, so they didn't
2: know they were doing a great thing. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, this is lots of uh, good information. And, you know, Zainab shared with us that the whole body system changes. So, the digestive system changes. What we were able to digest in earlier age, we're having more challenges is digesting you know in our previous one of the shows I shared that I can have one spicy meal a day and mm-hmm. I grew up eating you know probably three spicy meals a right. day but anyway we have come to the end of a, another wonderful show and wonderful discussion and we indeed hope that our sis- listeners have enjoyed our conversation learned from it and will focus on new them in the new year and in the new decade. And Phyllis, thank you for being my partner in this new year. And uh, let's hope maybe it'll be a new decade as well. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, now we're signing off on Voices for Elder Care Advocacy on Voice America Empowerment Channel. And we will see you here next week at the same time, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern.
0: Thank you for listening this week to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Please join your hosts, Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry, again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.